Welcome back, everyone, to Between Us. I am your host, Ashleen Chan. I'm so stoked to be back. But before we go any further, I'd like to offer an apology, as it's taken me longer than I anticipated to resume this podcast. You see, I had only launched Between Us in December, and after a couple of episodes, it seemed like not only did I disappear, but also abandoned this journey. And it wouldn't be unfair to say that I did disappear for a few weeks. However, if you can't already infer from the title, then I hope as you listen in today, you'll understand as to why I had to momentarily step away. Nevertheless, we are back And I just couldn't think of a better episode to get me unstuck. Today's episode is a special tribute to honor my nani. I look forward to picking up where Between Us left off, reconnecting with all of you and this community, a community I am looking to further build this year. Today, I want to share some sweet memories of my nani, a woman who had such a profound impact on my life and whose presence shaped the very fabric of my existence. Unfortunately, last year, I bid farewell to both my paternal and maternal grandmothers. While each held a special place in my heart, it is my maternal grandmother also known as Nani, who left such a beautiful and enduring imprint. Hers is a legacy that I want to share and celebrate with all of you. As we navigate through this tribute, I'm acutely aware of the unique opportunity and platform I have. In sharing her story, I recognize that many experiencing losses may not have the same chance to speak about their loved ones. Not everyone has a platform, but today, through Between Us, I hope my story becomes a vessel for those who may not have an opportunity to share their own. Whether you've lost someone recently or the echoes of losses are still felt, may this episode be a space for reflection warmth, comfort, and perhaps healing. I invite you to join me as we pay tribute to the woman who not only guided my footsteps, but also enriched the tapestry of our entire family, brimming with unconditional love, traditions, and invaluable life lessons. She wore a lot of hats, had many roles, But to her eight surviving children, she was just Ma. And to her grandchildren and great-grandchildren, she was simply Nani. Now, before I tell you more about Nani, it would be unfair of me to not acknowledge my paternal grandmother, who I lost in the tail end of April 2023. Losing two matriarchs within a span of eight months of each other 
And then having to deliver a eulogy at both of their funerals is not something anybody can ever ready themselves for. Now, whether it be a cruel twist of fate or symbolic, but my goodbyes to both of them just so happened to be at the very same chapel. I was in the hearse accompanying Nani for her last goodbye. And when it pulled up to the chapel, I remember thinking to myself, no way. I must be mistaken. It cannot be where I was just eight months ago. But there I stood once again. My paternal grandmother, who we called Aji, the last time I had seen her prior to her passing was in November of 2022. Due to COVID restrictions, I wasn't able to visit her any sooner. But I did see her in December of 2019, right before the entire world shut down. In 2019, when I saw Aji, she was still mobile, but unfortunately, she had dementia. I was informed that, you know, she would have bouts of recognition. So as I prepared for my visit for her, I was hopeful that she, you know, there may be a moment or two where she would recognize who I was, but I was still more grateful to be able to see her and spend time with her. And during that visit with her in 2019, there was more than one occasion where she not only recognized and called me by my name, but more importantly, she knew exactly whose daughter I was. You see, my dad, her eldest son, had passed away. but. It may have taken her a little bit longer, but she never failed to recognize me. She knew not only who I was, but it was also very clear that she saw her son in me. And for that, I was very grateful. When restrictions finally lifted in Australia and, you know, I was able to travel and reunite with all my family members in November of 2022, and wanted to go visit Aji, I learned that between 2019 and 2022, she had unfortunately been shifted to a nursing facility because of her dementia and other health issues. And, you know, even in the nursing facility, she was thriving there. That is, till she got COVID, followed by two strokes, which didn't leave her in the best of conditions. I remember when we were going to the nursing home, my cousin had said, you know, Aji's not going to be what you remember her from 2019. I said, of course, cousin, I know. But I was not prepared to see her in the state that she was in. From last seeing her as somebody who was able-bodied and being able to move around freely, She was now just confined to a chair. And I don't mean confined as in like, you know, your hands are strapped on, but she is not mobile by herself, moving freely. And 
she couldn't even feed herself. And I know she must have hated that. You know, she was never one to sit around idly all day. She had worked hard her entire life. And for now, not to being not being able to feed yourself, I can't even imagine how frustrated she must have felt. And I will also say that I was so grateful that my mom was with me because upon seeing her in that condition, I don't know if I would have stayed as long as I did or who knows, I may have just bolted out of the door. With any loved ones, it's always hard to see them in deplorable conditions. The best part of our visit was we just so happened to be visiting during lunchtime. And mom and I were able to spend a lot of quality time with her and feed her. The nurses informed us that, you know, that's the most that they've seen her eat in recent times, which was fantastic. The Her speech had been impaired by the stroke. So I was also informed that she didn't really make eye contact with anyone, but rather, you know, she would just look out in the distance. But... Lucky enough for me, there was two moments and one moment lasted a little bit longer when she looked me directly in my eyes and there, I won't even say it was a hint of recognition because she knew in that moment, she knew who I was and knew exactly whose daughter I was. She tried to communicate, but she wasn't able to. So, you know, she was making some sounds. And that was enough for me because I, it's just this feeling when you know, you know, you just know. I even got her to grip my hand and oh my gosh, her grip was so strong. It took me a while to pry my fingers free from her, you know, but I was so glad that she still had her strength. Uh, we spent a couple hours with her and I didn't know it then that that was going to be the last time I was going to see her alive. My Aji and I never shared as close of a bond as I did with my nani, but I loved her. And my father, my dad, he loved her from the core of his being. And though my love didn't run as deep as my dad's did, you know, I still loved and respected her because she gave my sister and I some great memories growing up and some amazing life lessons. Receiving news of her passing away seemed so sudden, yet it wasn't unexpected. It left all of us bereft, but we found comfort in knowing that at least she was no longer in pain. My nani, on the other hand, when I got the news of her passing, I think I was in shock for, gosh, maybe about 12 hours. (laughs) It just seemed like I was floating and just in utter disbelief. My nani, who I loved, (laughs) I'm trying not to cry during this episode. My nani, who I loved from the core of my being, still do and will forever. You were one of the 
brightest lights of my life. If somebody ever asked me, hey, how old is your grandma? Or how old is Nani? I would always respond back with, Nani is 94 years young. Why young? Because to me, her spirit was brave, young, courageous, among a list of other traits, which allowed her to give us 94 years of her presence. My nani was born in the beautiful Fiji Islands in 1929, and her life wasn't easy by any means. But her and my nana, who is her husband, persevered to give the eight children everything they could for them to ensure they were successful in fulfilling their respective dreams and wishes. The loss of her husband, my nana, wasn't easy for her, but she mustered up the courage and found the strength for the sake of her children and grandchildren to carry on. A quick side note, my nana and nani, they made such a good-looking pair. Every time I look at their younger pictures, I am just taken aback and in awe of the striking pair that they made together. Now, my nani was a school teacher for her entire career and retired as a school teacher in Fiji. I consider myself so lucky because I got the opportunity to live with Nani and Nana before migrating to the United States. To this day, I am so grateful that my parents collectively came to the decision to send me to live with them and not my sister. And no, no, I wasn't sent there because I was naughty or needed disciplining. My grandparents were empty nesters. My other older cousin used to live with them, but she returned home and they didn't want to be in an empty house by themselves. So I was sent over. <laughs> and my, my childhood, it was pretty good, I would say. But the time I spent with Nani were what I would consider the golden moments of my childhood. I absolutely love my time with them. And I didn't realize it till I got older that it was my time with Nana and Nani was where the shaping of the woman I would become had already begun. Of course, mom and dad played a big part and had an, had an influence in the person I am today. But Nana and Nani were instrumental in helping shape that as well. I have so many beautiful childhood memories of my time with Nani, and there's a few that I want to share with you today. My Nani was a huge devotee of Lord Krishna, and early mornings, she would come into the room where I used to stay, and she had an altar, so she would pray, light her diyas, and her incense. And it was expected of me to have washed up by then and, you know, stand alongside her to pray as well. But where was I? Not next to her, but I was on that bed with the sheet over my head, 
lifting it ever so slightly to peer at her, just anticipating when she's going to be done so I can feign to be fast asleep because, you know, I was lazy and I didn't want to get out of bed. So rather than praying at the altar alongside her, I was praying that I would be left alone to sleep in, (laughs) to sleep in longer. They were expectations of me to be a little bit more responsible and help her out in household chores. But unlucky for Nani, I was such, such a tomboy. And to her dismay, it also didn't help when Nana supported my tomboyish habits to to a certain extent. I was allowed ample time to play and just run around, climb trees. Yes, I know, it sounds weird. But in the islands, we grew up climbing trees. Oh, we knew how to. Uh, I used to play rugby with the boys. But when it was time to wrap it up for the day, Nani would be there to observe that you cleaned up properly. And you just, you know, she was a teacher. So you couldn't really escape her sharp gaze. When we came back from school, it was just expected to, when you take your uniform off, you soak it in water. And then after 20 minutes or so, you would go and hand wash it. There were times when she would do it for us. But again, she wanted us to become aware early on of how to do menial chores and how to take care of things ourselves. We used to have a mango tree behind the kitchen. I guess you could say atop a tiny hill. So when I was being naughty and wanted to escape punishment, there were times when my mom would just chase me down. And so obviously I could outrun her at that point. I would run into my bedroom, jump out the window. And don't worry, the window wasn't tall enough because I would land on my feet. Jump out the window and climb up that mango tree. And I would not come down until my mom had gone home. That mango tree was not only my escape from my mom, but many a times I've just climbed up there and sat there and just watched Nani cook in the kitchen. There was a window that opened outwards from the kitchen, and I would just, I just sat atop that mango tree enjoying the smells that wafted up my cheeky little nose. And when the <laughs> when the cooking smelled really scrumptious and I could no longer avoid it, only then would I be prompted to scurry down and clean up for dinner. In the evenings, we often took a walk from the house to this new bridge that had been built in the main town where they used to live. When we'd go on this walk, I'd always carry a mandarin with me. And once we got to the bridge, you know, while Nani stood there in silence, observing and also catching her breath, I would meticulously peel that mandarin for her. And we would share that between us before going back home. Most evenings after dinner, Nani would ask me to give her a quick massage After eating, I guess she would get these like air bubbles that would get trapped and cause gassiness. And it can be extremely uncomfortable. So when I massaged or I guess you could say patted down her back, it was 
easier for the food to be digested. And she got a lot of relief from that. And I was too young to understand the importance of the relief that she got from me patting down her back. Rather, what was on my mind at that time was how much was I going to get paid? I was young, right? But every time I did this for her, she would give me either five cents. And on the nights that she was feeling really generous, I would get 10 cents. Now, I know it's not a lot of money, but I was still able to buy snacks with it during recess at school. Another memory that I have of living with them was because they lived in the main town and also next to a bus station. There's, I don't remember a time when we didn't have visitors over. Irrespective of the mode of transportation people used to get to their final destination, if they were passing throughout town, they all stopped by the house. Some for a quick hello, some for chai, which turned into lunch or dinner. I was constantly making juice or helping make chai, but this was also a time of learning and most importantly, quality time with Nani in the kitchen. I'm sure I delayed her more than be efficient, but I don't ever recall her yelling at me in frustration, telling me to hurry it up, (laughs) hurry it up a little, of course. And you know, with the copious amounts of visitors that came through, Nani not once ever let anyone leave the house without at least having something to drink or eat. And come to think of it, I don't know how my grandparents took on that daily expense without batting an eye. The other striking memory that I have of her is I rarely saw her eat with guests. She made sure everyone was well-fed and only sat down to eat last after all the guests had departed. She ate whatever wasn't consumed, never complained, and sometimes the leftovers wasn't even enough to completely, where you say you're completely full. But she enjoyed it with gratitude and savored every single bite because she was just so blessed and grateful to have food on her plate. Another habit of hers was every time she took food out, she, before eating, she would save a few morsels of food aside on the plate. So imagine you're eating whatever little is left over. You're not entirely full, but even from that little, she will still save a bite or two. And those bites were offered to birds or any other animals that would come by. She would, you know, She would go and place it outside the door. And this was just another expression of gratitude from her. There are so many valuable life lessons that she imparted to me. An example of this was our weekends in Fiji used to be for deep cleaning. From the louvers, which is your window blind or shutter with horizontal slabs, to all the sheets being soaked hand-washed, sweeping, mopping, etc. So whenever there was an extremely heavy load of work, Nani would hire maids to help us out. And the first time 
when I heard that we would get help, I thought, great, I don't have to lift a finger. I will supervise. But oh no, not around Nani. She, she had me toiling alongside them. And Nani, she said, just because we have help doesn't mean you will not learn how to do basic things. And it was also her way of teaching me how to respect those who came to work for us. Treat everyone with respect. And even if they're hired to help us that day, I will work alongside them to learn and appreciate that I was not above the job they were hired for. Very important lessons at an early age. Some, I was too young to comprehend then. But as I got older, I saw the value and the far-reaching impact it had on my mind and life. She also served as a catalyst and laid the groundwork on my path to religion and spirituality. Every weekend... We would go to the video store and get the latest VHS copy of the show Krishna. Krishna is an Indian-Hindi language mythological series. And I would look forward to this come every Friday evening. It's a great way for young kids to learn about the culture. But she was the one to light the spark for the path I am meant to take. Anything she did... I was always by her side, unless, of course, I was playing outside with other kids, cousins, or just simply not at home. My quality time was in the moments she took me to teach things while showering me with so much affection, time, and awareness. Awareness of being present in the moment and in the now. My nuclear family, which is, of course, my mom, dad, and sister, We have seen a lot of hardships, things that would have broken the best and the strongest of all. And perhaps I will give you details here and there as we journey through this together. But what held us together was the tenacity and strength we got from our family. And at the head of it were Nani and Nana, who were a backbone of unyielding support I have always said this, I am not rich by my bank balance whatsoever, but I am the richest woman I have known my entire life. Why? Because I grew up with so much unconditional love and affection. No amount of money can buy you pure, unconditional love, a love without terms and limits. And that's what Nani was for me. And for us, she was just love. It was this love that she showered on me from a young age that only continued to deepen and strengthen with each passing day. Another beautiful trait of hers was she never got tired of giving out blessings and absolutely wishing the best for everyone. If you ask anyone, they will always remember her saying as, God bless you, my dear. I love you. God bless you. (laughs) She loved each of us so much that if she could, she would literally keep us under one roof if it was possible. That's how precious we were to her. Speaking of how precious we were to her, 
Well into her late 80s, every Monday when she would go and pray to Lord Shiva, she would also offer water on the shivling. And she would stand there and not just, you know, pray for everyone, but she would recite the names of every single one of her children and the names of every single one of her grandchildren asking for their long health, life, and prosperity. I have been there to witness this many a times, and I was just in awe of this woman who, you know, well into her late 80s, just continued to give and ask for the sake of others. She was the glue that kept all of us together, and we just never got tired of saying Nani. With the exception of COVID over the last 13 years, I have made it a point to see her at least once a year. Being a remote worker my entire career, I have spent weeks in Australia working California hours, which meant staying up most nights, sleeping a few hours, then being up to spend time with Nani. Of course, I would take a short nap during the day And don't get me wrong, there were times when I would crib about the lack of sleep because it does catch up with you. But it was always worth it to me because it was Nani. And sleep is something I would always catch up on when I came back home. I would run to Australia any chance I had. And we have such a huge family out there. I've had people get mad at me, some family members included as to why I don't spend time with them. Why won't I stay at somebody else's house? And my only response was, Nani is waiting. I have to go home. I can confidently say on behalf of her grandchildren and children, that you were such a pillar for all of us. Any big news that happened both in Australia and USA, it was you who we wanted to go to to kick off an auspicious event before we took it forward to others. There are so many parts and traits of her that we'll miss, but one of the traits that I really admired of hers was her feistiness. She was such a firecracker. The gems that would come out of her mouth at the most unexpected of times would have us in stitches or in utter bewilderment. In her 94 years of life, she witnessed a lifetime of changes. The start of World War II, the Holocaust, atomic bombs, beginning of Cold War, Color televisions. And this is something I was stunned to realize. McDonald's was founded in 1940, so she was able to bear witness to that as well. India's independence, rise of PC computers in the 70s, birth of the internet in 1983, 9-11, Neil Armstrong landing on the moon, Y2K, for those who are old enough to remember when we thought the world would end as we moved into the new century. 
And witness Fiji gain independence from Great Britain. See Fijians establish a parliamentary democracy. She saw three military coups in Fiji, numerous hurricanes, and other natural disasters. Saw entire cities and villages develop before her own eyes. What a time in history she lived through. Certainly wasn't easy, but she did it with such grace, kept her wits, and with love and compassion. As she started to get older, there were a few health scares that she had, and sometimes she would have to be taken to the hospital, and there were, I think, moments when she was admitted. During times like this, when I was sitting in the United States and I got news of Nani being kept in the hospital, I was frustrated and there was nothing I could do to alleviate her pain and discomfort. However, there was one thing that we could do and the only thing we could do at that time was pray. As I had mentioned, she was a huge devotee of Lord Krishna And she also read the Gita daily until she no longer had the energy to do it. So pray we did, along with fasting. My aunt and I, her daughter who lives in the United States, it was just, we didn't confer with each other. We just, the very next morning, woke up and started our fast. I would sometimes do it without water, with the, which is not drinking any water, not eating anything, breaking the fast after sundown. Now, did I think that it would get her back on her feet overnight? Of course not. But I do believe in the power of faith. And I thought if I can make small sacrifices to send my positive energy towards her for her healing, well, that's what I will do. This gesture is just another example of how she raised us, the love that she raised us with, that seeing her in pain, we would do anything that was within grasp to help alleviate any discomfort for the women we all loved from the core of our beings. And the amazing thing about faith, it has the power to move mountains, doesn't it? Right before Nani had passed away, she had been taken to the hospital the night before. And I remember telling my mom, okay, Nani's in the hospital. She's not doing well. I'm going to start fasting for her and give all my positive energy that I get from this fasting, send it towards her. While at the same time, I was also looking at tickets to go back to Australia. My aunt, her eldest daughter, who selflessly looked after her mom and Nani for us, for well over 16 years. I wanted to be there to help her as well because taking care of someone around the clock isn't easy on anyone, much less on my aunt who is 70 years old. Unfortunately, I never got the chance because the next morning she was gone. As mentioned earlier in the podcast, upon hearing of her passing, I had gone into shock. 
I, I couldn't believe what I heard. And I felt like I was unable to process things momentarily. I had just FaceTimed Nani the night before. Once my Nani was a little bit stable and had settled down, one of my aunts was with her and she had FaceTimed us. We cracked jokes. And (laughs) one of the other things I will always pride myself on is being one of the people who could make her smile and laugh till her sides hurt. (laughs) I would get in a little bit of trouble for that because, you know, she would be, she'd be telling me just stop, stop, I can't breathe. So that night, right before passing, when we were FaceTiming, I said something cheeky and Nani gave it right back to me. And I just laughed because I was so happy to see her in better spirits. But little, little did I know that the countdown had already began. The next morning, as I got of a meeting, mom had called her elder sister to talk to Nani and just kind of see how she was doing. My aunt told my mom that, you know, Nani's not doing it well. So I'm listening to their conversation. I'm sitting there and mom goes, Ashleen, why don't you go pray light the dia and the incense? At our house, we pray daily, right? But that morning, I just kept procrastinating. I said, no, mom, you go. I'll talk to auntie and, you know, be there for Nani and I'll go later. Oh, I mean, I'll go after you. And she just kept nudging me. She said, no, you go first. Finally, I said, okay, I'll go. I light the, you know, I'll, I'll do the prayers. I'll keep it quick. But as, even as I stood at the altar that day, my heart just wasn't in it. And I could still hear like I'm at the altar and I hear my mom and I hear my Nani on the phone. So once I'm done, I said, mom, okay, I'm done. You can go now. She hangs up. She prays and she said, okay, let's quickly step outside. Let's go pick up some vitamins for my mom. And I'm going to have to call your aunt back. On the way to the store, my mom calls her other sister to check in on her. And as they are speaking, my aunt goes, Nani just breathed her last. What do you mean Nani just breathed her last? I literally heard her voice less than 45 minutes ago. She was just talking. It was utter disbelief. How we got ourselves on a plane to Australia, I still don't know. It seemed like we were just floating. There are friendships that I have cultivated over time. And there were two of my dear friends who came to help us. If you're listening, you know who you are. At a moment's notice, they put their responsibilities, put themselves aside and drove my family and I to the airport in the middle of the night. I can't thank you all for being there for me and my family in our times of grief. You know, when speaking of my nani, Just moments ago, I had said faith has the power to move mountains. While preparing to go and say goodbye to Nani, I had skipped over to my neighbor to let her know that we were leaving for Australia and just to keep an eye out um, on, on our house. 
And as soon as I told her, immediately she took me into her arms and said the most beautiful prayer. And believe you me when I say that, that prayer instantly gave me the energy and strength to carry on through the night, pack, get everything together, get myself organized so that I could be on my way to reunite with my family as we gathered to say her final goodbye. We all feel her loss immensely, and I can't even imagine how hard it must be on my aunt, her eldest granddaughter who looked after her. Nobody could have had the willpower and the strength that she had, and she left no stone unturned in taking care of her mom. I know I can speak on behalf of my entire family when I say that we will forever be in gratitude of the sacrifices she made in her health, her life. And she did it with such grace. And even when times were hard, she never backed away from her duties and her responsibility as her daughter in giving the best care that she was capable of for her mom. You know, as human beings, we can be so selfish. And I too selfishly expected, I guess you could say, yeah, I expected her to be with us forever. (laughs) She gave 94 years of herself to so many people. And so at times I just thought Nani would always be there. Even if she got sick, she'd come back. But there's one thing I've realized about death. When it's your time, it's your time, right? It's the one flight that's never late. I find comfort and find myself incredibly lucky, as I mentioned, that not only did I get to hear her voice right before her passing, speak to her the night before, see her face, but I also saw her seven weeks, physically, seven weeks prior to her passing. She's leaving behind such a beautiful legacy and one we will do our very best to keep going. This thread of love that she has tied us with, it is now our responsibility to make sure it's carried forward in the generations to come. Now, there may be a lot of you out there who are also dealing with grief. And my advice in navigating with grief is, you know, when somebody departs, you will always feel the loss of them, and especially their physical presence. But for me... And what we have done is we release her soul so that it can continue its journey forward. Releasing her from the restraints of our griefs, our emotions, so that she's free to cross over. I mean, we just lost her in December. So the loss of losing her is still very fresh and grief will continue to hit us at the most unexpected of times. I remember I had was just out running errands and I had gone to grab some coffee. 
I came back and sat in my car with the coffee and the grief just hit me out of nowhere. And I started sobbing uncontrollably. I called my friend who picked up, didn't say a single word, but sat there just listening to me sob. And when I had released and calmed down, they simply asked, are you okay? And I said, yes. And sometimes you don't need people to say a lot. You just need somebody there to listen. So I would also advise to you to find your friends that are your safe space that you can go to and sit with when you are overcome overcome with grief or if you feel like it is consuming you. The other advice I can give is don't hold back and suppress your emotions. You repressing those emotions is not going to benefit you and will only keep you stuck. There is no defined time for healing. So take the time that you need. Take me, for example. I thought I'd be back with an episode soon after the new year. But I am only now resuming in February because it just didn't feel right. So I didn't force myself. And it, it isn't until now that I am ready to resume and reconnect. And that's a-okay. If you need to seek professional help, but most importantly, take care of yourself. And the best thing I can say is don't lose yourself in the grief. The best thing you can do is give yourself time and heal, not just for you, but for those who have who are no longer with us. Because I don't think I know for sure my nani wouldn't like to see me go through the rest of my life being depressed. Before we wrap up, I'd like to share a few sentences from my eulogy. Nani, for decades, you have held us together, helped, heal, nourished, and cherished each one of us unconditionally. We are honored to be your children grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. So, bhagya hamara ki aap jaysay divya aur karuna mein atma ki chaya mein hamari parvarishwi, which translates to, we are fortunate to be nurtured under the shadow of a divine and compassionate soul like you. I want to express my gratitude to all of you for joining me on this very special episode. In times of grief, it's easy to get lost in the labyrinth of what-ifs and should-haves. Yet I hope this episode serves as a poignant reminder, a reminder to cherish the time you have right now with your loved ones, the good memories, embrace the lessons imparted, and to celebrate the love that is around you and that continues to shape your lives. Holding on to regret will serve no one. And lest it not be when something ominous happens, you're left with a daunting feeling. I should have. 
life is fleeting, and it's all in the pursuit of living without regrets, that we truly honor those who have left our side. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for allowing me to share a piece of my heart, my nani, with all of you. With acknowledgement, permission, and blessing from my ancestors, Between Us is excited to resume and meet with you weekly with new stories from everyday people with extraordinary tales. Till next time, this is Ashleen Chan signing off with gratitude and a heart full of hope.